All right, now I planned it to be short tonight because of the voice and and all of that, but it but also because I just want to emphasize this thing one one little bit at a time so that we get it. And we'll talk about the gifts that he mentions here in particular, you know, maybe next time. But tonight we're just going to focus on on one thing here and uh, and it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. It says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with them. Say, so we've already read that verse. I know, but we're going to read it again, and we're going to talk about the manifestation of the Spirit. All right? <clears throat> now, the manifestation of the Spirit. What, is, what does it mean to be manifested? What, when something's manifest, or it's manifested... A manifestation, it, <coughs> well, it, it is. It's the act of disclosing what is secret, unseen or obscure, discovery to the eye or the understanding, <coughs> the exhibition of anything by clear evidence display, the manifestation of the Spirit, that's a capital S, Spirit of God, the un unveiling the revelation the uncovering of it the making known of the spirit of god among us is by the gifts of the spirit and they're not uh, and and i got a lot of things to say about it but whatever we know about the spirit of god is not revealed to us in order to benefit us but the body of christ uh, let me read it again. But the manifestation of the Spirit, and it's in the context of spiritual gifts. So that's what he's talking about. The spiritual gifts are part of the manifestation of the Spirit of God. It's how we know Him and how He works. It's how we know His presence. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with them. So it's not given to any of us for our own benefit. Get that. See? He says on down here toward the end of the chapter, desire spiritual gifts, but the best ones. You know, don't, it's, it's good to desire to be used by God. That's a good thing. That's a good desire to have. But don't desire it so that everybody will notice you. Right. Don't desire it. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself here if I'm not careful. But spiritual gifts are a manifestation of the Spirit of God. It's very important that we understand that, that that's what they are. Now, a lot of Christians that, that are, like we spoke about last week, ignorant of the spiritual gifts, they would agree with that, that the spiritual gifts are a manifestation of the Spirit of God. But they're practicing things that are not of God at all. And claiming that that is a manifestation of the Spirit of God. It's not. Remember we talked about the laughing revival. And, and we talked a little bit about tongues. Which will be offensive to people. But it doesn't matter. It's the truth. And they just need to hear it. They need to read their Bible. They need to pray. If they're sincere in their heart about wanting to be right with God. And do the truth of God. They'd have to come to the same conclusion. Because the way it's practiced is not biblical at all. Now, if me and you get on a plane and go to China, and, and, and we can speak to those people and they understand what we're saying without learning the language, then that's, that's the gift of tongues. Mm -hmm. that, and, and it's a spiritual gift in that, in that uh, what do you call it, you know circumstance because why it's making known why do why why they speak in tongues in the first place in Acts chapter 2 what was the reason behind it so that everybody could see some supernatural phenomena and be amazed no so they could understand so they could hear the good news of the gospel every man in his own language heard about Jesus and his death and resurrection and his sacrifice. That was the miracle. And that was the purpose of it. And that's why that gift was given. 
It's the same with all of the gifts of the Spirit. They're never, ever intended to make something out of the one who exercises the gift. But that's a real tendency of people. We always want to make a hero out of somebody. You know, there was a death here recently and I've been reading what everybody says about it and and it's, oh, they use this word, great. This great man of God. This great man of God. Well, I don't, I never have liked that. Job said, I know that if I give flattering titles to men, my maker would soon take me away. I may have turned around backwards, but I've just never felt like it was a, a right thing to do to exalt certain men. Being a blessing to me, that's one thing. But to make some great one out of them and set them up on a pedestal like they're just above everybody else. I mean, they just they just got it, man, and they they got more than anybody else has got. Well, there's been people that God has used through the ages more than other people, for sure. <clears throat> but there was a reason for that. And I guarantee you that every one of those that was real and really used of God, they wouldn't like it one bit for people to be making something out of them. Amen. No real man of God likes for people to focus on him and make him somebody. And yet I've watched all my life, and I'm on chasing a rabbit here, but I mean, I've watched it, man. I've known a lot of guys, and they go after that hard to get that doctor's degree, to get that honorary doctor's degree, and they use it. Boy, I mean, I knew a guy one time, same age as me, but he already had his letterhead written up before he graduated doctor. <laughs> showing it to me. I mean, he was showing it to me. He said, all right, ready. <clears throat> I've known men who had a doctorate who never told nobody about it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I'd respect that much more. Yeah. Where are we talking about? Spiritual gifts? <laughs> Spiritual gifts are never ever intended to make something out of one who exercises the gift. When you see men making a great thing out of somebody, God's not got anything to do with that. Mark that down. I promise you that's the truth. <coughs> Spiritual gifts are never a natural skill or talent. Now, I've mentioned that two messages in a row here. Here's the third time. But it's never a skill or a natural talent. That's not a spiritual gift. That's not the Spirit of God working to reveal Him, manifest Himself. Not through our skill or our natural talent. Now, it may be a blessing. I mean, we need skills. I've already talked about this, but skills are a good thing. You ought to know how to do stuff. Everybody needs to know how to do stuff and not be helpless and ignorant of that either. But it's not a spiritual gift. Just get that down. You know, we can't mix it all up and make it all the same. It's not. We need the skills and we, we enjoy the talents and they're a blessing, but they're not a necessarily a spiritual blessing unless the spirit's involved in the exercise thereof the spiritual you know they absolutely skills and talents may absolutely be used in the service of god but they're not spiritual gifts because they're not manifestations of the spirit i don't manifest the spirit with my skill or my natural talent what does it do what where does the skill put the focus on me. Where does the talent put the focus? On me. That's the world's way. That's the way of the world. They make heroes out of people who have skills and talents. Spiritual gifts are the working of the Holy Spirit through a person who's yielded to God. That's what spiritual gifts are. They're the working of the Spirit of God through a person who is yielded, a vessel who has yielded itself to God for honor or dishonor, whatever. Whatever the will of God is. He'll not, uh, that vessel that the Holy Spirit uses has to be sanctified to the Lord's use. 
He'll not be seeking something for himself. Not prestige, nor approval, or applause, or admiration, or even assurance. You hear me? Did y'all catch that one? A lot of people seek after God, seeking assurance. <clears throat> I don't get it. Somebody have to explain it to me. <clears throat> the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. We're children of God. And that happens immediately when you're born again. I've heard people give testimonies about doubting and doubting and doubting for years and years, and then they finally got rid of their doubts. They just figured it out, and they're saved. Or they have to go back to a certain place or a point or a, a paper or something, and I don't get that stuff. The Spirit of God's in you. You know. You know if you're saved or not. That's right. I just don't know how you can not know, how you can be unsure. I was born. Now, I don't remember a thing about when I was born, but I know I was born because I'm here. And I didn't fall out of the sky, and they didn't find me in the cabbage patch. I had a mother and a father, and I was born. It's a fact. And it's the same way spiritually. <laughs> I can remember things about back then, but what the important thing is I'm alive now. And have been since then. I can't imagine just wandering in and out of the darkness and the shadows all these years and just wondering if I'm okay and I, hoping to make heaven my home and I, have I done everything? I hope I've done everything. Maybe I need to get baptized again. I don't know what I... I just can't imagine living like that. <coughs> the Spirit of God don't leave you in that kind of condition. A vessel that's yielded and not seeking for itself anything. We're talking about the spiritual gifts and the ones God uses to work through. You can read your Bible and this is the way it is. Very seldom is there a high-stepping person who God uses through the, with the Spirit of God by exercising the spiritual gift through him. No, it's a Lazarus laying at the gate. <laughs> yeah, full of sores and sick. It's a blind man sitting by the wayside. It's a man born blind for over 40 years old. It's a poor widow. <laughs> That's who God uses. Spiritual gifts. Neither will this vessel be seeking after supernatural experiences. God is not. If you see a person like that that's just seeking to experience something like tongues or like being slain in the Spirit or like, uh, you know, seeing things and having visions and dreams and interpreting dreams. and all, If you see somebody that's all caught up in all of that, Man, they're under the influence of evil spirits. They're not under the influence of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is not leading them to seek after that stuff. Neither will He work in them any spiritual gift. Amen. Amen. Just trying to make the way straight here. Trying to make it so that spiritual gifts are not such a strange, mysterious thing and we don't know nothing about it. We just watch all the circus going on everywhere in the world and the churches and we don't know. We're just afraid to say anything. And you shouldn't be afraid to say anything. It's very simple. Spiritual gifts are the manifestation of the Spirit of God. And He works through people who are yielded to God and not seeking after themselves for anything for themselves. Right. They're not seeking supernatural experiences. And a lot of people are. They want to see angels. Yeah. And they think if they've seen an angel, they've boy, they've had some kind of experience with God. What did Paul say? If if I or an angel from heaven come and preach any other gospel to you than what I've to let him be accursed. My angels got more more clout than anything else, don't they? People think, <coughs> you know, they see angels. Boy, if they've seen an angel, man, you can't you can't get through to them whatsoever. Right. 
Because they've seen some woman with wings flying around. Well, that ain't an angel. You got news for you. You won't find that kind of angel in the Bible. If the Bible means anything to you. He'll simply be yielded and willing to spend or be spent for whatever the Lord's will for him might be. Those are the kinds of people who have spiritual gifts. Other people don't. I mean, I just, you know, it seems like we're again a stump here, but I mean, I just want you to understand there are certain people God uses, certain people God gives spiritual gifts to, and it's not the self-seekers, not the self-promoters. It's not the proud, not the high and mighty. It's the ones who are yielding. The point of a spiritual gift is that others see the hand of God at work. That's so important too. The whole point of the spiritual gift is that people, others, not me, if, 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 it's, if the gift is being worked through me, it's not for me. It's for other people. <laughs> That's just mighty important. God never gives a spiritual gift or works a spiritual gift through somebody to help them, to edify them, and to build them up. They don't need building up. They're being used to build up others and to edify the church, to profit with all. Not necessarily the one who's exercising the spiritual gift. He may very well never know about how the Lord has used him in certain situations. And I said that last week, but, I, but it's worth repeating. The one with the spiritual gift very likely may not ever know he, he even has that gift. Everybody focuses on what they like and what they... And you know, we think differently of ourselves and we see ourselves differently than everybody else does. We all know that, don't we? And we have our likes and dislikes and what we want to do and what... <clears throat> you know, I've told you before, I wanted to be a missionary. And that's what I was. Yeah. Well, it just ain't turned out that way. But maybe it has more than I think. I don't know. I gave up a long time ago trying to set it in stone. I'd have people back years ago, they'd try to pin me down. Well, are you going to do this forever? Well, I don't know. That depends on God. But they wanted to be me to commit forever to this one thing. And so... I've seen a lot of people like that. I've read about George Mueller. He wanted to be a missionary. That was his life's desire. Is to be a missionary. Yes, Never did get to. But God used him to, for all those orphans. And did you know that George Mueller gave so much money to missions that it is unbelievable? <laughs> Besides feeding all those orphans? Yeah. <laughs> people don't... God uses people in a different way than what they want Him to or would like for Him to do according to their opinion of themselves. See, that's common. I've met a lot of people through my life as a Christian who ended up far from where they shot for. <laughs> is that a bad thing? No, that's a good thing. Because <clears throat> God is in control. God sees us differently than we see ourselves. And He knows us. He knows my thoughts are far off. He knows my down-sitting and my uprising. And He knows where I'm going to be if I'm 20 years old. He knows where I'm going to be 40 years from then. I'm glad it's that way, that His ways are higher than our ways and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And, and I'm glad when you trust Him that He leads you Along, God leads his dear children along, leads you right where you need to go. <coughs> now see, I can cut that right out and you'll never hear. <laughs> the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with them. The unity of the body depends upon us seeing God working in one another. Why are churches fighting and all the schisms and divisions and all that? Because they're not seeing God working in each other. 
So one of the most important things for the unity and the edification of the church is for me to see God working in your life and you to see God working in each other's lives. For real. Not just getting more excited. Not just getting more learned and knowledgeable. But growing in grace and knowledge and understanding. (laughs) Without the evidence of the Spirit of God working. Church just becomes a social, carnal, earthly organization. Instead of the body of Christ. The difference between just an earthly organization and a real living church is the presence of the Spirit of God. Not just in the services. You don't gauge that by how exciting the services are and how worked up everybody gets every time we come together. And how many people shout or jump the pews or anything. That's not how you gauge the presence of the Spirit of God. The, the Spirit of God, you can tell His presence by what's happening in the people's lives. Not necessarily at this moment that we're gathered together in the middle of the week for an hour or so. But as we grow and live and just carry on life and we see the differences in everybody, ain't that a blessing? To, it really, really is. When you see people come along, you see them get stronger. You see them begin to understand and get a hold. That is edifying. That is encouraging. That makes that is bonding with everybody. That makes you love one another. The spiritual health and well-being of the body of Christ depends upon the Spirit of God working in its midst. Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse 63, He said, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now the context there in John chapter 6 where He said, if you, Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And they got offended and they said, We can't do that. <clears throat> but the... The truth that he's talking about, it's the spirit that quickeneth, gives life. They talk about dead churches. What are they talking about? No spirit. No spirit of God. It's just everybody sitting there growling at each other and griping and backbiting and talking about one another and seeing what's wrong with everybody else and... Until they just blow up and quit, and the old church just sits there until the and then windows fall out and the roof falls in and it's the spirit quickeneth. Yes, sir. Where there's where the spirit is, there'll be life there. Second Corinthians chapter three and verse six, whoso who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth. But the Spirit giveth life. Better believe there is never any more true word spoken than that right there. The letter killeth. But the Spirit giveth life. Where the Spirit of God is, there's life. Why? Because there's spiritual gifts there. There's, the Spirit is working. And you can see it in the people. Amen. The Spirit of God, you can't judge His presence in a body of of believers because of all the buildings they got and all the property they own and all the money they got in the bank or how big their offerings are. That's no gauge of whether the Spirit of God's in there or not. Look around you. Just look around you and and look at the world around us. Is that, uh, you know, if you go by numbers, if you go by riches, if you go by property and possessions, is that how you judge if it's a spiritual church or not? Well then, boy, the Catholics must really have it. Yeah. They got the money, they got the people everywhere. All these places where they're not even using a Bible anymore and they, they got plenty of people coming. little truth I fell on this week just studying and thinking about it, but I've just noticed how it is. When a, when a people 
starts moving away from morality and righteousness, they start talking about God more than they did when they were... I believe I can prove that. They make... They make more of God, but it's not. they don't really worship Him as God. It's in Romans chapter 1, just like it says there. They, they, they knew God, but they didn't glorify Him as God. That's one of the first steps of passing away. But then, boy, they start worshiping all four-footed beasts and lizards and everything, creeping things. I mean, everything. They worship everything. And everything's got some kind of God in it, mentioning. But it's the righteousness and the holiness of God that they reject and they want to soothe their conscience somehow about all that by saying his name (laughs) yeah that's one of the things that the prophets said you know said about that god said this that you with your lips you you know you you speak well of me but your heart is far from me with your lips you say you love me, but your heart's far from me. So a church can't be a church if it's just a worldly organization operating by rules and bylaws and the Constitution. It's not a church. Amen. If the Spirit of God's not there, it's not His. If the Spirit of God's not there, there's no life there. There's no Spirit of God working Church is the body of Christ. And the Spirit of God makes it a living body. You know, the last message you preached over here in this building, you know, I talked about the end of a thing. And I talked about how the church is like a living thing. It is a living thing. A church is birthed. And then a church grows and prospers and and just... It follows right through a life cycle just like every other living thing until it comes to an end. At some point, the Spirit leaves. Now, I knew a preacher in Virginia and he was in a church and they got in a big knockdown, drag out fight and he dug his pocket knife and carved Ichabod in front of the, on the front of the pulpit. So that all didn't end well. I mean, the police came and... I mean, about had a shootout and locked the church up with chains, and that's yeah, no more. Now, do you think the spirit of God was in there? All that. Only thing right about it is the Ichabod. What it said: the Lord is departed. Might as well put chains on the door. Gets to that point, God ain't got anything to do with that. You know why they had such a fight? Because the spirit had left long ago. The spirit of God wasn't working in the people. <clears throat> you know, they had a. Yeah, I, I, I could go on, but I said it's going to be short tonight, so we'll leave that out. We'll visit that some other time. So, in any church that is alive, there will be the manifestation of the Spirit there in that place and among its members. <clears throat> and it's not a show that we come and watch, it's something that goes on in our lives here and our lives at home. In our lives at work, in our families, among ourselves, we see spiritual growth. We see changes. For the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Go on and on. I'm looking forward to Sunday because I've I've now got something I really want to preach. So, but it's. We're touching on it right here, right now. But we see it happening. I'm finding a lot of things really hard to express because I know I'm getting older and y'all are young, most of y'all. And you don't understand. You just don't understand what you can see when you get up real high like on a mountain and you can see so far off who's telling me that today there david last night talking about that in people's house they built out there on the river and said you could see all the way to tom salk you could see tom salk from there out it's 30 miles or something i don't believe it's that far might be on that windy road but straight across but whatever you get up high you can see a long ways 
And when you get older, you can just see better. You can see what's happened in people's lives. That's what I'm getting at here. And I remember people where they... I remember where I started. And if I just back up and take a good honest look at myself where I was then and where I am now, and just spiritual things and knowledge and understanding. Well, it's different as daylight and dark. I can tell you, God has worked in my life. And it has been through... Not, it's not something that I have done. It's been all the ones I've bumped into along the way and all the experiences and God working in my life. And when you see that happening in other people... You can just keep going. Right. It's enough encouragement to make you just get up and go some more. Yes, sir. Don't quit. Because it is real. <laughs> and the Spirit of God does work. And there's dry times. And there's winters. And all of that. But you've got to take the longer look. Yes, sir. And people won't do that anymore. They want to come to a service or two, and boy, if it ain't hopping and happy and exciting enough, why? Go somewhere to find where it is. Because God ain't in this place, dead as this is. <laughs> I don't believe they would know God if they run right head on into Him. The Spirit of God's working. The manifestation of the Spirit will not be recognized by skilled and educated speakers and musicians and singers or by entertainers who can tell stories to make you laugh or cry. That is not how you tell the Spirit's presence. You can go to the most organized, most up-to-date, most uh, <clears throat> educated and diligently choreographed or whatever you want to call it. I mean, service. Where everything is just perfect. And it's the worst kind to go to. Because the Spirit of God is not there. God don't work through that stuff. In fact, God is real well known for turning things upside down and doing it the other way when people try to force things to go their way. Especially when it comes to worshiping Him and speaking His truth. The true working of the Spirit of God will not be manifested through high emotion, through excitement, enthusiasm, laughter, or patriotism. Right. <laughs> A lot of churches live on that, man. Patriotism. Well, here's what I believe. You can just take it or leave it. I don't care what you think about it, but here's what I've come to believe about it. God ain't got nothing to do with that. God ain't in that place if the focus is on patriotism. God's house, and we're talking about politics and, and politicians, and they make whole services out of it. Just don't believe it. I believe the church is where God is exalted. Christ is, is the, he's above all, has the preeminence. Not any politician, not any of that junk. This, it's all temporal. Neither is the Spirit of God going to be, man, I, I'm, I'm digging deeper than you're hearing here. <coughs> it's not about sentimental longings either. We're not, you know, God is not in it when we're just living in the long gone past when everything was so wonderful and boy, you know. <laughs> Ain't going to find God that way. No. You're not going to get God in our presence that way. The only way we're going to have God in our presence is to focus on God. The God of the Bible. The Holy God who created everything. Then He'll be right in our midst. He inhabits the praises of His people. <laughs> and you draw nigh to God and He'll draw nigh to you. And that means you as an individual or us as a church. He'll grace us with His presence. Did you ever read the different times when the, the glory of God entered the house? 
There in Ezekiel, we read about it here recently. When Solomon prayed the prayer, I mean, it was so real. Everybody saw it! How do we see it? Through spiritual gifts. Through God, the Spirit of God working in one another's lives. That's how we see the Spirit of God. Not by having shows. Not by working it up. Not by having loud music. Sad music. Any kind of... That ain't, that's not what does it. And I'm not against the music. I like music. It's part of our worship. That's for Sunday. That You're going to hear something else then, but we'll hit the other side of it. But the true manifestation of the Spirit of God will be in what we see in others as they're convicted of their sin and repent of their sin and believe in Christ and turn from their sinful ways and begin to live holy lives. Now, that, is a true manifestation of the Spirit of God. Yes! It's alright to say amen. Because that's when you're seeing the Spirit of God work. And all anybody wants to get excited about is how you got a check in the mail well, just when you needed it. Or, you know, I prayed and the Lord healed me. Well, hallelujah! But what about that? That's what he came for. That's what this whole thing's about. We don't even hardly mention that anymore. But there's nothing more clear about this and nothing more convincing to people that are without that the Spirit of God is real than when somebody is convicted of their sin and repents and believes in Christ and turns from their sin and follows God. They have no answer to that when it's real. Now if they just join a hoop and hollering church and go to acting like them, that's different. So that's the world we live in. People come to church and hoop and holler and make a big show and then go out there the next day at work and they're cussing just like everybody else. And the world just laughs because it's a mockery. But they don't laugh when the Spirit of God is really involved in it. Final place here. This is about done. I've already mentioned some of these things, but let me just go through them here. I've got three, four, five, and then we're going to be done. The true manifestation of the Spirit of God will be when we see others growing line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little as they're brought into the image of Christ and under the fullness, uh, measure the fullness of the statue of Christ. See, that takes patience and long-suffering because it just doesn't happen overnight. Growth is a slow process. But that's manifestation of the Spirit of God. I've watched a lot of you for a lot of years. And I've seen some of you grow. But it's been a slow process. It's been a slow process for me too, by the way. <laughs> but that's what, I, what I'm getting at. My grandpa used to always say, if he's moving so slow, you got to set up stakes to see if he's moving. And that's kind of how it is with spiritual growth. We want everything fast, fast, fast. And we get impatient with people when they just keep, they just got to have the same lesson ten times instead of one time. You ever had to take the same lesson again? You ever had to take another lap around Mount Sinai? Remember that song? Till you've learned your lesson. Till you stop your complaining. Yes, that's one of the words it says. But see, it's the manifestation of the Spirit of God when you see that growth happening. It's wonderful. It's rewarding. It's worth waiting for. In your children, in your spouse, in your fellow church members, in people that you work with and people that you know, 
You know, you guys talking about one of your friends and say, see how long? How long does it take to reach somebody? Well, if there's a spiritual gift in operation there, it may take a long time. But it will be effective. And it won't be a forced, put on, man-made thing of your own doing. Let God work through you. <clears throat> the true manifestation of the Spirit of God is when we watch And by the way, let's back up here a minute. We ought to rejoice over every little foot of ground that somebody gains. Yes, Amen. And we ought to encourage them and say, right. keep it going. You're gaining ground. Instead of, what's the matter with you? Are you stupid or something? Ain't you got no sense? How long is it going to take you to learn? You ever going to learn? Don't say that. Look for some... If they've gained an inch, acknowledge it. Encourage them. And say, scotch it. Don't lose that. Don't back up. The true manifestation of the Spirit of God. Are you listening to me? I'm on the topic. I'm not wandering around. The true manifestation of the Spirit of God is when we watch others who truly love one another in real life practice and forgive and forbear one another as we continue on this journey. The Spirit of God's working when it's that way. Church is going to stay strong. Church is going to move forward when it's like that. When people love one another, they just put up with one another. We do that in the family, don't we? Any any of you ever kicked any of your kids out because you just didn't like them? Couldn't put up with them anymore. They just wouldn't listen. They just had these bad things they did and you just didn't like them. So out you go. Anybody ever done that? <laughs> you may have thought about it, but you didn't do it. <laughs> no, I never thought about it. Aggravating. Yes. Trouble. Yes, lots of trouble. But I've tried to encourage my kids because everybody gets a variety in their children. You get some easy ones and you get some impossible ones. At least one. Yes. And, and here's what I've seen taking the long look again. I remember some people that I knew when they were babies and little children and they were despicable. They were the honoriest, little mo- most, oh, you just couldn't tolerate. You just look at them, you just want to... You know, just hit them because it'd make you feel better. But I've seen some of them grow up and be fine people. Yes, sir. Likeable, amiable people. And I've seen some kids that when they were little were sweet little darlings. And they turned out to be the awfulest people on the face of God's earth. Just remember that. There's a difference. There's a God in heaven. And He works in people. And that's how we know His presence. And it's worth waiting for. The true manifestation of the Spirit of God will be when we behold the grace and peace with which our members have as they face sickness and grief and loss of loved ones. And as they pass into eternity themselves. It's a manifestation of the Spirit of God. Have you ever sat with a loved one who's left a good testimony, sat by their bed while they die? Do that a time or two. And you'll know the presence of the Spirit of God. And you'll be thankful forevermore to God for His Spirit working. When you're at that point, you're looking back through a lot of years and you're remembering. And boy, you got a good view from that point of what God has done. Spiritual gifts. That's a spiritual gift in operation when you can watch a loved one die well. Her dad died well. He died for years. He was sick. He knew he was sick and going to die any time. Had heart problems and all this. But he, he, didn't, he didn't die daily. He lived dying instead of dying living. 
But but when it came to the end there, he knew it. And and there was not a melancholy word from him, not a complaint. We had two, three days where where all the family came and he was just as jolly as he could be. He just wanted to say everything had to be said to everybody. And made an impression on certain people who needed it real bad and who are still being affected by it greatly. <laughs> I'll add a little negative here. We had a relative in the room who was of a different color. color of, and concerning spiritual gifts, just like I've been criticizing so much, <clears throat> And she said, while we're there with her dad dying, she said, there's not enough faith in this room to get anything from God. She wanted us to pray for a miracle. Well, yeah. She thought if we really believed in God, we could just pray right now and he'd live. Speak, speak, life or speak death. And that's all you got to do. Well, I didn't believe in that nonsense then and neither do I now. Death's a part of life. That's where we were. And the Spirit of God was present and, and all the rest of us. And she had no clue of His presence. That's true. True manifestation of God. We'll see it <clears throat> as we face problems and sickness and grief and, and things, you know. I mean, y'all's barn burn. That's terrible. But my goodness, the things that happen to us in life that are so much heavier. But even in that, see, I mean, you know, it's a blessing to have friends and have a church and have have God to assure you everything's going to be alright. <laughs> it's a blessing to me that you guys ain't crying and weeping and carrying on over the stuff that burn up. Your stuff. See, that's edifying one to another. <clears throat> These kids need to see that too. They need to see that we don't worship things and we don't hold them tight. We hold them real loosely because they're just things. Amen. This is the manifestation that of the Spirit of God that gives us, that He gives us to profit withal. What these things that I've mentioned here. And this is the manifestation of the Spirit that edifies the body and makes it operate as, a, as one and ties the cords of love in our hearts forever. Yeah. Will we know each other in heaven? Well, I'm sure we will. It's going to be so different than what everybody's expecting. I mean, the Bible tells us that so plainly that, you know, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man, any man, from the beginning until now, of all that have ever lived, nobody's even began to imagine what heaven is going to be like. But if there's a bond here, there'll be a bond in heaven. You didn't think about that. Jesus told Peter, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. It's not all going to be all untied and all of that. What, are we, what is this going to be like in eternity as we look back as, as if we can remember? If we can, how it is, all that. We're going to know one another. We're going to be glad we did. Are we going to be happy about what we experience together? Are we going to be thankful to one another for the edification we receive from one another? For the for grateful to one another for allowing the Lord to use them to be a blessing and an edification to us? Think about that. Yeah. All right. One more thing. I'm just saying the manifestation of the Spirit that edifies the body and makes it operate as one and ties the cords of love in our hearts forever. That's what spiritual gifts are about. This is what spiritual gifts are for. And this is how they operate. 
no matter their diversity or their differences in their ministration or operation. This is their purpose in the end. It's to tie us together. It's to edify the body. The body. And this is working in local churches. But it also works across local churches. With all the people, all the believers who belong to God. It's not confined to these walls or to this little group of people here. Spiritual gifts that are exercised. The God, the Spirit of God working in us, you, me, does, it's not confined to just us. It's, it goes farther than that. And I'll quit. I said I was going to preach a short message and look at here. Uh, I really mean to. This is just very important stuff. I hope you'll, it's simple. I'll try to make it as simple and as point is so you can remember these things. Please try to remember them. Please meditate on it. Study it about it. Get your Bible and study about it. You need these things need to be nailed down in our hearts because and in our minds too, because of the confusion around us. You know, we you can sit here and listen to me for whatever I preach, fifty minutes or whatever, and then go back out in the world and the work and the home and everything and Get all occupied with everything else, and believe me, I know how it slips. It just kind of you got to hold on to it. That's why Jesus said, "Keep the one that kept the word." That's the one that brought forth fruit. All right, bow with me, Father. Thank you for the word of God, and thank you for the help tonight with this. Please bless it to hearts and minds. It's truth, so much truth, and so much. The good for our spiritual health and well-being. Please help us to receive it and to keep it now. And uh, blessed as it goes forth from here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.